BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Guys, customer service is essential to your business success. And for faster, smarter customer experience, you can turbocharge your CX results with CX1, the world's most complete customer experience platform from NICE. It's never been easier for organizations of all sizes around the globe to create extraordinary customer experiences. With the scalability and flexibility of the cloud, you can power up your business goals like never before. So don't get left behind. Find out more today at nice.com. That's nice.com. Hi, it's Jack O'Brien for HealthAid Kombucha. Uh, this bubbly probiotic tea blended with real fruit juice is deliciously thirst quenching. Uh, great for your gut health. HealthAid Kombucha comes in many flavors. Pink Lady Apple, your passion fruit tangerine, uh, ginger lemon is one of my favorites. It's organic, a great alternative to sodas and other sugary drinks. You guys know I'm a big soda fan. Well, what if I told you there was a fizzy drink that instead of making you feel like you were drinking chemicals, it made your tummy feel good? That is Health Aid Kombucha. Look for the brown bottle with an anchor in your local stores. Give it a try today. Makes my dang tum tum feel good. So make Health Aid Kombucha your go to for a healthier, happier you. Saturdays are for sunshine, especially for your ears. With another election, ongoing wars, and natural disasters, we know the news can be a lot to take in. And we're determined to share the bright side of humanity. Every Saturday, take a breather from the headlines and hear all the uplifting happenings across the world with Five Good Things, a new weekend edition of CNN Five Things. That means you can find this goodness in the same feed as Five Things. Listen to Five Good Things on the iHeartRadio app. Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 262, episode 2 of Dear Daily Zeitgeist, a production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness, and it is Tuesday, November 8th, 2022. My name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. I'm from everywhere, man. I'm from everywhere, man. I lived over there, man. So many different state fairs, man. Of moving, I've had my share, man. I'm from everywhere. I'm from Eugene, West Virginia, Dayton, Philadelphia, Jersey, NYC, College in DC, Boston, Missouri, Lexington, Kentucky, also Lexington, Mass, Yorktown Heights, <laughs> LA County. Uh, you know, I could keep going and going. Shout out to Johnny Davis for the I've Been Everywhere. Jenny Cash, aka appreciate you. And I am thrilled to be joined 
today by a very special guest co-host, the producer behind shows like Fake Doctors, Real Friends, and welcome to our show. You've heard her on Pop Culture Happy Hour, the Comic Combat of Pod. It's the brilliant, the talented Joelle Monique. So good to be back. How are you, Jack? I'm great. Good. I'm great. It's great to great to have you here. Thank in you. rainy Los Angeles. Rainy, uh, cold Los Angeles. Aren't you loving it? We have weather. What? I get to wear my little cozy coat, little mm-hmm. fur-lined coat. Yes, it is real fur. Oh. Ooh. No, that's, that's not true. It's real sweatshirt interior. <laughs> I was going to say, get your paint cans I hunted ready. a real sweatshirt. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. But it's it's great to have you. It is It is nice to have a little seasonal weather here. And then I'm hearing from all our friends across this great country that it's unseasonably just everything. Unseasonably cold and rainy here. Unseasonably warm, I'm told, in New York City. And our guest can tell us a little bit about that. We are thrilled to be joined in our third seat by a very talented podcaster from the Next Up Initiative and soon to be a member of our team, your team. She was formerly a trained esthetician, but since... Completing the program has moved to podcasting full-time, hosting an iHeart show called Beauty Translated, which is a brilliant, uh, wonderful show all about yes, celebrating the trans experience. Please welcome back to the show, Carmen Lorraine! Hi! How is everybody What's doing? Up? How are you doing? Doing well. As you said, it is unseasonably warm here. So unseasonably everything, you know? I don't want to turn the air conditioning on, though, so... Yeah, so you're just sweating it out. Yes, I'm. Um, I'm suffering through it. All the windows are open. Yeah, <laughs> we're just gonna bear through it. Yeah, it's it's so cold in, in Los Angeles. I th- I think it's like in the in the dang fifties. I, ju- I just like to throw that in there to the dang enrage 50s. enrage everybody <laughs> around the country who I I think like unseasonably warm weather in New York is is like the 50s right now so all right well we are going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment carmen first we're going to tell our listeners a couple of the things we're talking about it is election day nobody knows anything when you hear this nobody will know anything as of yet it's just time to get out and vote if you haven't done the mail-in voting early but we're going to talk about the how little how how little of an idea anybody has as to what is what is going to happen ahead of this and why that seems to be a trend that is doubling down it was like after after 2016 i think people are like oh well they'll just correct for that mm. you know they'll just they'll they they saw a mistake that they made and they'll they'll figure it out and now the sure. polls will be accurate again and then it happened again in 2020 the last midterm polls were somewhat accurate, so that's at least one piece of solace for poll watchers, but at the same time, that also just fucks you up even more because it's like, oh, so it's it, maybe the polls will be accurate. It adds like even another twist to all the all the different things that could be happening. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about why if Republicans win, it's very bad, and therefore everybody who is not voting Republican should get the fuck out and vote. Yes. I do want to. I do want to talk about Elon Musk. I know. I know it's. We can we, do it. We can do we, it. It's it has to be done. I guess it's really been like <laughs> watching someone 
talk shit about an NBA player, be like, man, he should have shot that. And then they like throw that person into the game and they have to play basketball, even though they don't know what the fuck they're doing. Like his tenure as CEO has been just repeatedly getting owned. And like, he's, he didn't even like have a thought (laughs) before he took over as to like what he was going to do seems like he's like well, trying to make Danny up. Danny owns a ruby mine, a sapphire mine, some precious I, gem I mine. Was, you don't have to worry about. Joel, it was emeralds, okay, oh, <laughs> which okay. are more valuable. All right, okay. So leave him alone. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was funny that it, like the first thing of being like, "Well, pay for your verification," which is the silliest thing I've ever heard because verification has a very like solid point. The only reason. Like, a lot of things came as a result of verification. Like, yes, there are clout chasers. Yes, it like bumped people up to like the top of replies, and that definitely has an impact on circulation of that tweet, etc. But its initial founding was just to be like, hey, this person actually exists. This is the person you think you're talking to. That was the point of the blue check. Yeah, this is William Shatner. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so it's a for safety, right? Because you know. That some actor who now, of course, I can't remember, recently posted about how in the the pre-dawn of social media, he was on a kid's show and all of a sudden these parents were like, hey, you're talking to my kid and now they're missing what's going on. He's like, I swear to God, I'm not talking to your kid. I don't know what you're talking about. And it turned out somebody was using his name to like groom children. That's oh my horrifying. God. Yeah. Horrifying. Wow. And so he makes a really good point for like why we need a blue check mark. But also when you have people pay for it, the all of the other things past safety that came with the check mark now no longer hold any value. Yeah. They're foolish. So it's yeah, you fucking mess, Joe. I don't know what's <laughs> happening over there. I do not know. But I do like have you seen how people are sort of retaliating and By, naming themselves Elon the Musk? Yeah. And have oh. you seen how he's retaliating? We'll we'll get into it. But he's <laughs> just straight up forgotten everything he was saying about like you know comedy is back on twitter yeah comedy's back uh he's a (laughs) free speech absolutist and then he's like but unless you make fun of me in which case yeah we're gonna talk about a movie called wendell and wild which you might not have heard of and that's a problem so we'll we'll talk about that joelle you saw it at tiff you're gonna give us the inside track uh all of that Plenty more, but first, Carmen, we do like to ask our guests, what is something from your search history? All right, well, what I've been searching is uh, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet leaks. <gasps> yeah! So, <laughs> the game the game leaked last night, and that means, like, somebody got an early copy of it, and they're basically uploading photos from the game online, because a lot of stuff is under wraps right now. So I've been checking the subreddit for that constantly just for new updates to see new Pokemon. So (laughs) what are the good ones? What have you seen that's like, oh, I'm catching that immediately? Oh, uh, well, there's this one called Smoliv. Okay. And it's like a little olive (laughs) and it evolves into something called Dolive, which is like a little olive doll looking thing. So I'm super excited about that. So cute. Cute (laughs) this overload. I love it. So when a new Pokemon game is released, there are new Pokey, like individual Pokemans (laughs) 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 who who are introduced. So that that's what is exciting besides there just being a new game. Yes. um, And 
And especially in this generation, they're doing this like whole future and past thing. So like they're taking old Pokemon and giving them like, like, uh, what would you call them? Like archaic forms. And they're taking yeah. old Pokemon and giving them future forms and stuff too. So a little bit of new and then reinventing the wheel a little bit. I like the cute outfits and the new towns. I yes. like when I get my bike and I can just ride around through a field catching things. It's just, it's so simple. And then you get like a little happy tune and then you just collect without having to spend money, which, you know, for some yes. of us is a challenge. So I really appreciate <laughs> Pokemon being there for us. But yeah, the game comes out in like two weeks. So <sighs> it's going to be, it's going to be so fun. Mm. Yeah. I'm, I'm personally in the, in the process of, like the Pokemon wave is coming with my four-year-old and six-year-old. Oh, like yes, my, yeah. my six-year-old's friends are talking Pokemon. Yeah. He just like hasn't gotten interested in it. And so yeah. I'm just like, I'm going to have to do a deep dive. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, ha- have to know what any of this shit means in the not too yes. distant future. Yes. But for now I am enjoying the brain space that I get to devote to things that are, are not Pokemon. Don't be the dad that calls everything Pikachu, okay? Oh there are many yeah. different versions. You should learn at least 50 of them and maybe get him like an old school Game Boy so he yeah. can like really get down on some of the classics, but also definitely, okay, card shops all over LA. There's a ton of oh them gosh, here. Yes. You can go and get like vintage. Some people sell like their whole binder. Sometimes they'll do like 10 mystery ones for a dollar or whatever. Just mm. get, get him some cards. He can play the actual game. Yes. And he'll be hooked. And then you'll have a fun way to interact. He can teach you the game. You can just play it. It's fun. You know, it's not looking at another screen. It's also a good introduction to predatory capitalism because when <laughs> you're you like go. six, there's like the seven-year-olds who are like, yo, let me uh <laughs> let me see that card. <laughs> Here, I got I got this one that I'll trade for. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what funny. that's what like uh, baseball cards did for me when I was his age. So, yeah, mm-hmm. it's coming. I love it. I'll be, I'll be I'll be studied up the next time this comes up on the Daily Zeitgeist. Perfect. Or maybe I won't. Maybe they'll just go in a different direction. Minecraft is the other thing that Oh, oh yeah. For sure. For sure. Or, yeah. What is it? Roblox also. Roblox, yeah. I know, but like That's Minecraft the is thing. really everywhere. Like just yes. even even trick or treating. Like we get a thousand trick or treaters like every That's Halloween and we had some friends over who were you know, like Eight years younger than I am, and but they were calling out all the Pokemon costumes by name, like they, you know, I I got Pikachu. That was the one that I recognized. But they were like calling all of them out, and I I guess, you know, ninety percent of the costumes that I had just been like, oh, it's a funny little guy. That was that was what I thought. <laughs> oh, it's a funny, funny little uh, animal thing. That's cute. Oh, you're like a little dragon thing. We're we're actually po- Pokemon's the whole time, and uh, I I'm a fool. But anyways, I I'm gonna work on it. Th- this is actually goes back to I used to run a site called Cracked, and like our editorial team was all just right on the brink of like being too old to know about Pokemon, and then even like the younger ones didn't really. Like we just had like a editorial bias where they were just like <laughs> not in on Pokemon. And we like had multiple meetings where we were like, we've got to 
I think we got to hire for Pokemon <laughs> to like get yeah. coverage in the Pokemon nice. world because we were just like <laughs> so bad at this. There's oh a lot of lists God. to be made for Pokemon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's so, hilarious. Yeah. I forget that Pokemon appeals to children at this stage. Like, I forget that it's like made for children. And I'm right. like, oh, oh, yeah, kids like this. Uh, and kids don't know nothing about classic <laughs> Pokemon. You didn't have to buy a light that shined into your game system so you could see the screen at night. Yes. Okay, you oh don't know. God. You don't know how yes. difficult it was collecting those early packs. Yes. Getting a band at school. It's a struggle to be a part <laughs> of the system. Okay. Absolutely. <laughs> well, hopefully I reminded you that there's some easy trades to be made oh because God. you can just prey just on these kids the children. Just, getting, <laughs> yeah. just getting into it don't know they don't know better yet perfect what is something you think is overrated carmen well i kind of hinted at this already but i think and i should say this applies to my current weather conditions and i don't like to be hot okay mm. but i also don't love ac i'm one of those people that if i feel ac blowing on my skin i'm like instantly cold so mm. For like the past month, it's been very fall. It's been, I have I haven't had to have any AC on, and I've been loving it. Windows have been open, fans oh. have been on, all of that stuff. But now that it's eighty degrees, I'm really like, dang, am I going to need to turn this AC on in November? Mm. And I don't want to, but uh, yeah, I don't love. I'm one of those people that is very sensitive to sensations. And I, I feel, agree. If I feel like cold air blowing on me, I'm uncomfortable. I'm definitely a, the kind of person who it'll be 100 degrees outside and then we turn the AC on and then I'm under the blanket. Under blanket. Uh, yes, because I have to protect myself from direct cold. Uh, but also I don't want to be too hot and then people think I'm weird and maybe I am. But I just don't like I'm with you, Carmen. I don't yes. like it. It should always be like a temperate 70. <laughs> Any yes. room I'm in, please don't expose me to extreme weather. One yes. way or the other, really. I hate to be freezing. I don't appreciate sweating. Like, I really need the earth to get it together. It's a lot. It's really not the earth's fault. We, we as people need to get it together. <laughs> right. yeah. Victim blaming the earth here. <laughs> Jack, your your dad on this podcast. Are you touching the thermostat? Are other people in your house allowed to touch the thermostat? I'm pretty. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I consider it fortunate that I'm allowed to touch the thermostat in my house. <laughs> but it's uh yeah we we're pretty we're pretty liberal with it. My kids love to you know this morning it was in the in the fifties. It's pretty cold inside the house, and the kids love to snuggle up next to a vent with the with the uh heat on so we we had that going this morning yeah i'm i'm so it first of all the the first uh, the first your search history made me feel very old but this is actually (laughs) making me feel very young because my my grandfather didn't believe in air conditioning (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which i don't even know what that means that he didn't it means he was alive before it came out (laughs) and he's like i don't understand he's like look at these spoiled ass kids choosing the temperature of their house (laughs) back in my day we just endured okay yeah i I, I like the idea that it's a belief system (laughs) yes but yeah i don't know i'm i'm also the kind of person who like i i'm who the the fact that you're like my toes will turn blue when when it's time to get like additional clothes on i just i th- i think like you know toxic masculinity and all that bullshit like turned me into somebody who like doesn't notice like my own 
sensations and feelings oh, no. for too long yeah. and so i'm just like i'm like in a t-shirt and shorts and then i'm like oh the, my i can't like unclench my teeth maybe, maybe i need to like do something about maybe i need to go check the thermostat to see how cold it is in here that's so funny growing up like my very black parents were like it's wild these white boys are just out here in flip-flops in yeah. the snow what yeah. are they doing? How does this happen? It just truly baffled them as to like what the thought process was. I'm going to go back and tell them it's just toxic masculinity. It's toxic action. masculinity <laughs> and like yeah. trying to prove something to ourselves, I think. Probably. It's a mess. It's a mess in here, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fellas, is it gay to be cold? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Fellas. Uh, like gay to eat. What, what was this thing? Skittles? That, that yeah, was, it's uh, just like, like that's the whole meme format. <laughs> like, the... be, yeah, that's wild. <laughs> what is something, Carmen, that you think is underrated? I, okay, this is something that my partner, who I've been with for seven years, has, has taught me. And it has to do with food. And I just ate lunch. So I'm thinking about it. But soy sauce supremacy. So I yes. never understood the difference between all of the different types of soy sauce. My partner is Chinese American and we went to buy a new bottle of soy sauce the other day. And I was like, we were looking at the aisle. There's all these bottles of soy sauce. And my household was, we just grabbed the Kikoman or sure. like, mm -hmm. or whatever soy sauce packets were in the drawer from the Chinese restaurant. Yes. Mm -hmm. And he says, no, 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 no. That's just brown bean water. Like, that's brown salty <laughs> water. Teach us all, Carmen. Yeah. So there's <laughs> a whole... water. There's a whole... So devastating. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he was like, no, that's just brown salty water. I'm like, well, then yeah. what's the real soy sauce? So apparently real soy sauce is like this whole thing. It's like actually fermented. Mm. So, oh my gosh, what is it called? Pearl River is like the one that we get. It's Jotting the gold it label down. Pearl River Superior Light Soy Sauce. Ooh. And um, I actually texted him the other day because I had a Kikoman thing with some takeout that I had. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is just brown salty water. You're mm. right. She's a changed like, woman. <laughs> yeah. She's like, never again. Like, Ooh, okay. It does look fancier, too. I mean, yeah. obviously the gold, but even like the color seems richer just from this photo I'm looking at online, like yeah. a denser brown than what I'm used yeah. to. Yeah, it's rich. It's rich. Ooh, yeah. okay. <laughs> well, next time I buy soy sauce, I'm coming for you, Pearl River. Yes. Try I mean, that it. name is just, I just want to luxuriate in mm -hmm. that name, <laughs> Pearl River Superior Light Soy Sauce. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And it comes with a gold label and everything. So you have to like peel yeah. off the gold. Like, oh, like, I'm like learning the world of fancy soy sauce. I love it. I feel like I've had good soy sauce before and it like it sticks better to the thing. Like mm -hmm. when you dip a piece of like sushi or a roll in the other, the brown salt water. <laughs> yes. The brown bean water I like because yeah. it's like yeah it might as well be fucking coffee man it's it's bad <laughs> it's bad in there. it doesn't matter but I f I feel like it just you know it doesn't stick it's like it's like the difference between watercolor versus like a paint the, yes. the how it actually sticks to the food that you're you're dipping it's it viscosity. in it's viscosity it's viscosity is the yeah. word I was yeah. looking for and failing to come up with That's viscosity yeah. Well, there you go. Everybody 
pay pay attention. Soy sauce also a really good like ingredient to throw mm-hmm. into things just to it's you know. add flavor. Yeah. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll talk briefly about election day and Elon Musk just fucking up at at a staggering scale right away. <laughs> we'll be right back. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. 
style. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. And we're back. And it is election day. I'm hoping everybody who's listening has the opportunity to go out and vote or you had the opportunity to vote by mail. But, you know, make the time. The stakes are the stakes are very high. I mean, I guess we could we could talk start off talking about if if Republicans win, it's bad. We know that obviously they want to take and have successfully taken women's bodily autonomy away from them just with the one branch of government that they can control Mm -hmm. that they currently control so there are the big picture bad things we also talked about how they'll make a mockery of the ability to like impeach and investigate a sitting president by just like i guess like benghazi-ing the fuck out of biden and treating a bunch of just made-up infractions like you know, with the equivalent seriousness of Trump trying to trade military aid for a Hunter Biden investigation. Like, just it's it's pretty wild. Like, we, I feel like we've kind of memory hold the actual impeachment, but that was, was a pretty, pretty bad thing that he did. And like, they're going to make a mockery of the ability to investigate him so that if he gets elected once again, it's going to be all gas, no brakes whatsoever. And yeah, they'll continue to make it impossible for women to have bodily autonomy. One of the very few things that I feel like we've been able to feel good about in the past few years has been steadily increasing momentum behind unions and workers' rights. And the Republicans have already announced their plan to kind of attack that by basically taking the National Labor Relations Board and tying it up so that there are, I, th- I think they said there would be uh, oversight hearing, two oversight hearings a day on on that subject. So just like making it impossible to kind of continue the momentum, like the small amount of progress that we've been able to see. And yeah, this is a trick that capitalists love to do where they cheat to make it impossible to do anything with like public money or, you know, anything on the progressive side. And then they're like, see, it doesn't work. It's inefficient. And then they're also planning to, quote, save Medicare by raising the age you finally uh, that you finally qualify for it to uh, 67 and then take make Social Security, quote, solvent again by raising the retirement age to 70. So it's somehow this is, you know, it's it's wild because they they do this during democratic presidencies like that's that's when you're like paul ryan became really popular there or really powerful during obama's term and it's like you you start just making it so nobody can spend any money on anything and people suffer badly and that that kind of gets that sticks to the democratic president so yeah that that's that's at least what they've told us 
their plans are for if the, if they win. Uh-huh. It'll be much more sinister once for we, sure. You know, if, if God forbid we actually see this reality, as it always is. I'm still like reminded of like all of the filibustering to like a mad, a maddening extent, or worse if we like go all the way back to the Obama years when. Uh, McConnell was like, I'm just refusing to push this <laughs> Supreme Court judge through, which of course has now derailed us yeah. into infinity. And it's just like, I hope that whatever happens at the very least, the Democratic Party, because it's the only other party we have to rely on, unfortunately, mm-hmm. get just step it up just a little bit in the area of like, we have to be civil. It, we are done with civility just for civility's sake, just because this is how it's all. Like, we have to play by different rules if we're going to survive a, a second red wave. Like, I just don't know how else we do it. Right. Fascism. Yeah. Like, if yeah. we're going to survive too? fascism, you know, we have to. Yeah. Yeah. I, I am hoping that somehow this, like, whatever happens in, in the election translates to them seeing more and more that, like, the the strength is with people who are maybe outside of the centrist mainstream democratic party but there's just so much momentum on that and i think i think that kind of leads us nicely into the kind of polling the sort of mainstream media polling industrial complex so like one of the big stories that you're seeing ahead of this election is stories like by pollsters like quoting pollsters being like we have no fucking idea what's gonna happen you guys like this is this is a mess we're terrible at our jobs Uh, (laughs) (laughs) yeah that is a yahoo story that i think was originally from daily beast but pollsters have quote no fucking idea what's going to happen this election and it really seems like pollsters have been pretty much out to sea since Trump won. And I th- right. yeah. think there was a theory of the case that they would take that initial, like, disastrous Trump win in 2016 and, like, somehow fix the model. But the win in 2016 and them being, you know, 100% off, like, just fully off in the opposite direction. Except for Nate Silver, who, like, was saying there's a bigger chance of Trump winning than, like, people are giving it credit ahead of ahead of the thing. I do think that's worth saying because, I don't know, he's full of shit a lot of the time. But that was one thing that I think people misremember as because almost all pollsters were saying that Trump was had no chance in hell at winning, that he was also in there. but. He, he's he been pretty frank and a, a handful of other pollsters have been like, yeah, the, the issue is nobody talks to us anymore, like on either side. Like, no, we used to do polling by landlines and those don't exist anymore for the most part. Yeah. If I hear yeah. an automated voice or even a voice I don't know, it's an immediate hang up. Like, I'm not picking up unknown numbers, but on the off chance I accidentally do. I don't know whose voice on the other end of that line. You need to leave me a message and I'll call you back at my convenience. What can I ask as an ignorant person? Do we need polls? I mean, we're going to find out the results anyway. What is the advantage mm. to having people be like, this will be the result? 
because there's money to be made. There's no advantage to us. Oh, it's capitalism. Yeah, okay. it's capitalism. Got it, got it's, it. It <laughs> is the mainstream media in America's massive bias towards whatever is profitable and can make money. And it can, like, it's extra resistant strain because the people who are pollsters and consultants who all, like, work together are also, like, very similar. They're the people that, like mainstream media journalists like went to Cornell with and shit like that, you know, like they're, they're all like in that same world where they like all pay attention to and care about the same stuff. And in, in a system that was operating like optimally, this just wouldn't, they, they would have had this conversation and been like, yeah, we aren't getting this right anymore. So we should like figure out a different system. But because there's so much appetite, like all all the headlines are still about what polls are saying ahead of this midterm election, because we're curious. I'm going to be looking at the fucking polls tomorrow. Like I'm 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 just (laughs) telling you, I shouldn't be. But like, I'm going to at least like glance at them and have them affect how I feel like, you know, like, like I'm going to do my best but i just i know that i'll have a moment of weakness to be like where i'm like nah, uh let's just like see what what people are saying but i encourage everyone to just wait until the yeah. results are in like especially if there hasn't been any adjustment that we can see from last time we're gonna get burned so bad there, yeah and there has been the only adjustment there's been since last time is first of all, pollsters seem to be more <laughs> more honest this time because they're like really anticipating that they're gonna fuck it up. It's like a team ahead of the Super Bowl just being like, Yeah, I don't know, like my legs hurt. It's <laughs> like it could go really badly here ahead of ahead of this thing. Nate Cohn, it, you're only allowed to be a pollster if your name is Nate, apparently. <laughs> that makes but sense. Nate Cohn mentioned in one of his like poll result things that it took him two hours of dialing just to complete one in, in interview. So that's the conversion rate of their time. Oh. And the only thing they're doing is phone calls to landlines? Yeah. Uh, they, have- I, they have other strategies, but they yeah. just like don't work as much and they can't tell because they're new strategies. They can't tell how biased they are in one direction versus another. And because so, we've eliminated communal spaces, it's not like you can even go to a mall anymore and hope to yeah. get like a wide sample size. Yeah. Everything's like an echo chamber, basically. Yeah. So like, yeah. You could post to like Truth Social, and of course, you know what the results are going to be. New yeah. strategy go to social media, set up a poll, see what happens. Yeah. I, Who are you voting for? <laughs> Just have people vote on social media and see if you can get a better reaction. I bet if you use it with like, all the ad technology they have out there to like get into specific demographics. If you set up a poll using that technology, I bet you could get better results than phone calls because there's no person to person interaction. They're trying everything. They, I had a phone call come in where I think they were negging me into like doing a poll for them because it was like, there was some silence. It wasn't, it wasn't a spam likely number. So I always pick those up because it could be like some, like the play my kids are in or something, you know, sure. like there's just like so many numbers that like, I just oh, want to be able to. Parents have so much to deal with. You have to yeah. Pick up so unknown like, you numbers? have to answer, oh, pick, you have to answer when unknown numbers call just because you don't know like what it's going to be. And it, there was like a little bit of silence and then it sounded like a real person. He was like, Hey, this is uh like councilman like said said some name. Then he was like, uh, are you there? Can can you hear me? 
Uh, actually, all right, I can't hear you. I'm gonna I'm gonna call back and then like hung up on me. And I was like, what is this strategy? <laughs> like, Bizarre. was it just so I would hear their name? Is it like very, very uh, strange. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I just didn't answer when he called me back. But As you wouldn't, because what was Yeah. Figure the out. Behind that. I just yeah. want to be like, you we haven't liked phones for such a long time. Like we turned our phone into being anything other than a phone. I <laughs> pivot, guys. It's time. It's yeah. time to pivot. But there's nothing yeah. good to pivot to, I think, is the, is the conclusion of a lot of these articles. The thing that the Republican Party has pivoted to is white supremacy mm-hmm. and sure. aggressively going after the voters who showed that they exist and don't show up in polls in the 2016 and 2020 presidential elections. Mm-hmm. The Democratic Party is... Like, so addicted to this, like, mainstream media, polling, consultant, industrial complex, like, Mm -hmm. that they, I think it really is, like, a big part of what is going to make this course that the Democratic Party is on difficult to sustain is, is that, like, they're just, they can't get away from it, even as the pollsters are saying on the front page of the fucking paper the day, like, on election day, hey, we don't know shit. That, like, that's just where we're at. I think they, they, they were doing great when the people who voted were like that, like, read their papers. Like, Nate Silver, I think, called everything within, like, almost every county in America correctly in the 2012 election. But that was when the Republican Party was also choosing its candidate based on who pollsters thought would be good. And like, so it was like Mitt Romney, you know, it it was like somebody who was like, it was somebody who appealed to like nobody. But remember when there wasn't that much difference between the Republican and Democratic Party? And it was always just two random white dudes who were like very milk toast. And we were like, I guess that one. Oh, man, what a time to be alive. But yeah, they used to just like go pick the candidate that would appeal to like Republicans who read newspapers. And now they've just like abandoned that. And I think it's probably time for the Democrats to at least stop listening to these same consultants and come up with a new strategy because the pollsters are here and they're telling you that it's, this is not it. Like we, we don't know shit. It's a mess. Profitable. It's very profitable. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, that people want to know what's going to happen. I love so. writing my friends checks too. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> I th- I I do think there should be a like like the the way that this happens in sports is I well I guess there's also like a very dumb like sports industrial complex sports media industrial complex where like one person gets on and is like this team's going to win and if you say they're not you're an idiot and then the other mm. but like in terms of the scientific like looking into who's going to win like it's betting markets that people and and those are pretty they're not always right but they do a decent job because it's actually you know people with some expertise like putting money behind it and able to make well, a we keep living track of it. all of those stats like it's gotta be much easier to do right. you know i know like from this line he shoots this percentage and this many free throws etc yeah as opposed to like the constantly shifting demographics of the american voting populace yeah yeah that's true i guess that if there's money to be made 
like maybe they'll find ways to better like predict elections because that's just how America operates. Sure. Mm-hmm. That uh, part. By the way, while we're reading this, I'm getting Stop a telemarketer it. phone call. Leave him alone, telemarketers. Leave him alone. They, but they know because I answer those random calls from like the kids' school or the kids' teachers. We can get this guy. Yeah, this guy's a dumb dumb. <laughs> They probably have me on like some list that's like parent (laughs) willing to answer any. Yeah. All right. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll talk Elon Musk. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids. But I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. 
The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features, like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back, enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. And we're back. And yeah, I don't know. It, it's gone from being like, ah, oh, this is bad. He, this person who just bought Twitter has some weird beliefs. And I suspect he might be incompetent, but it's, it is, it really is like watching somebody who's never thought about how to do this particular job take over the job and just get fucking owned repeatedly in public just over and over and in a way that i like can't possibly be part of some strategy like i i know that very you would like that wouldn't you if there was actual <laughs> thought behind yeah it. they really would like <laughs> i don't know like he has so many stands the same way i i kind of yeah. lump elon musk trump and kanye into a like yeah. category of people who are taking advantage of this strange, like, civilizational structure we currently have with social media where, you know, toxic narcissism becomes like steroids to be just the most dominant personality in the world. And it's good at capturing, like, the hearts and minds of some very lonely people. It just so happens that, like, the majority of the world is very lonely people right now because we're all on just social media and, you know, working and at least the majority of America. So I, people want to give him the benefit of the doubt. He has a lot of supporters. But, like, this, I don't know how. It really is like an NBA fan who just gets pulled into a game because they talk shit and just getting dunked on repeatedly. I think this is the result of, particularly in America, I'm not sure how Elon trends outside of the United States, but in America, we have this ideology of like the genius billionaire builder. I mean, look at how we started our Marvel Universe with Iron Man. I was but, just going to say. But you yeah. can check it, you know, probably, I mean, there's probably someone before Henry Ford, but that's the big icon of like, my youth would be like, he invented the assembly line and he made capitalism easier because he turned you into a factory part. Isn't that wonderful? Like he figured out how to have an effective factory floor and he raised a ton of money and he got rich and that was lovely. Vanderbilt's are another good example of like, they build museums with all their money. Isn't that lovely? Like, look at how progressive that is of them. Say, say thank you. We, we love like a white billionaire influencer, oh, yeah. so, like, philanthropist like that's really what we're about and so that we and because we've made icons of these people i think we're constantly looking for the next one 
Elon made a ton of really bold claims, but it's it's funny to me how people stick with these folks. Like, you know, to me, if you're an Elon stand, like, did the truck window that couldn't be broken that then got broke on stage and presentation make you take pause? Did the Teslas that are constantly on fire or the workers who you have so much more in common than you ever will with Elon who have had to like constantly vocally protest their work conditions, like make you rethink it's or, you know, like the, the Kyrie Irving fans who are like, we love Kyrie. He's great. Like, he thinks the world is flat y'all. Like I just would encourage yeah. you to consider like what else these people are thinking and doing besides what they say they can do. Like their actions should be speaking louder than their words. And that's, what is perplexing about the Elon stands of it all. There are a lot of Elon stands out there. And it's just funny to me, like, he didn't even really, like, buy Twitter to, like... I feel like he just bought Twitter because he wanted to... Well, first he was mad about, like, his daughter transitioning and, like, Mm -hmm. the free speech thing on Twitter. And I feel like he's just trying to, like, get back at people. And it's not... Wait, say him. more, Carmen. I didn't know his daughter was transitioning. Oh, yes. His daughter transitioned, and he claims that he lost his daughter to trans activists and like woke act, like trans woke activism and all of that. So, like, he, you know, he encourages, like, openly cr- encourages, like, transphobia on Twitter now, you know, now that comedy is legal again on, on Twitter. Every time someone shows their ass to be a villain, it goes right back to transphobia. And that is so upsetting to me like it is wild oh my gosh okay so even more of a monster than i initially thought and openly and just like openly behind closed doors but like among people who have worked with him openly racist oh yeah oh yeah yeah. that's not he's from south africa he owned a mine and this is yeah two and two is four people truly by the way i just want to make sure because you mentioned earlier that he has emerald emeralds in his pockets and i think people might assume (laughs) that that is like a metaphor where it's like he was born on third with emeralds in his pockets no he his dad who also monster but was like yeah elon was always walking around with emeralds in his pocket trying like selling them to tiffany's to get extra change like extra pocket change basically because we owned an emerald mine and he knew that gave him money nightmares so yeah truly nightmarish i want to ask do you you guys intend to keep using twitter have you seen twitter change all that much in the past couple of days i never used it continue (laughs) you never used twitter no, uh, well, I did say, yeah, like, uh, just to peek on people, like, lurk on people, but never, because yeah. uh, I hate that they put everything behind a wall, you know? Yeah. You can't see it unless you sign in, which I'm like, oh, <laughs> Yeah, I'm mainly a lurker, too. I do, I just, the the other solution, I haven't, like, reshaped my life and my like way of tracking news enough to figure out like what I'm going to do but I I am getting there to the place where I'm ready to jump ship but I'm also I don't know I don't know how much like I'll I'll probably keep using it because I I don't think it necessarily changes that much to just like not have that window into into the world I think it'll be interesting to see what happens once the rule changes go into effect, which they push back to after today. So after yeah. the election, then new rules go into effect, which I think was smart, but I don't what how much difference will a day make really? 
but just as far as like interactions, I mean, already you have a ton of people who are like reporting racism and they're being like, this does not violate Twitter rules. And if we're going to go in the opposite direction of less mm-hmm. rules, it seems like there's going to be more rabid trolls and that that might impact user interactions and, you know, yeah. just the general joy you get on the site. As somebody who's used to Twitter a lot, like I am very addicted to Twitter. It's where I, it's how I got started in the industry despite having a degree getting a job it was real hard when i first got here twitter gave me my first couple of jobs when i got the check mark and verified it helped you know make me seem more professional to other jobs i was applying to so that was really helpful i have an entire network of black lady delegates who are you know work all across this industry in many different positions that's where our group chat lives is on twitter it's weird to think i might not be returning there soon I'm definitely seeing a huge drop in like followers as people begin to exit. And what's really hard is I'm trying to find a space that can replace what Twitter is for me, which is essentially a place that's like words first. I like Instagram. I don't mind taking a picture of myself every now and again. I might even hop on a video into my stories, but I'm not trying to do that on the daily and certainly not as much as I be tweeting. That's a lot. I checked out Mastodon, which is sort of like Discord in that there are different hubs that you can join but that seems to negate the like universality of twitter where if you're putting it on a board everybody who's on twitter can see it on that board uh whereas mastodon is like segmented i guess it's very hard to understand i'm trying to learn if you feel you're an expert in mastodon please talk to me tumblr just brought news back so <laughs> oh, wow. they're okay. like tasteful news uh, so apparently they were not ready pornography. for the moment yeah they knew what was up they knew what was up. Yeah. To answer your question, it does feel like this is like there's been moments where people are like, we're all quitting to Twitter. This sucks. Oh, for sure. The, this feels different. It feels like things are dissolving on there. I, I can't remember a time where for a full week, like the content has just been like this bad. The conversations seem to all be about Elon Musk, which I'm assuming is what he wanted. Uh, in the first place, but it just makes for, and I don't know if that's, you know, the new regime fucking with like how the algorithm delivers tweets, but I do, I do know that last night when I was checking Twitter, I got two like notify two just Elon Musk tweets in my feed. And I've never gotten an Elon Musk tweet, tweet in my feed, but they like legitimate, genuine Elon Musk being like, we want to be the place for truth or like, oh, you know, wow. some, some bullshit mainstream, like kind of appealing centrist take. That's mm-hmm. not the reality. I think it's so true what you were saying about, uh, Iron Man, I put Elon Musk in the same category as Jeffrey Dahmer as these two figures who the zeitgeist dreamed up at the same time that like Hollywood was creating a figure that everybody wanted. So Jeffrey Dahmer, like, you know, I, I'm still I think he was just a lazy person who didn't like clean up a lot of the dead bodies and he might have like tried a piece of like one of his victims but like the when he was being questioned he the police really wanted him to be a cannibal and it was right after silence of the lambs and so he was like yeah 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 that's me i'm a i'm a cannibal like i the the evidence isn't that strong it just seems like he was a 
terrible alcoholic who was like just had the way that it, you know i'm sure a lot of alcoholics like don't clean up after themselves and just have like you know things from work strewn all over their apartment it's just racist killings all over. yeah just oh racist murders all over the place oh and just my God. in his like refrigerator and you know but so that's like my th- this is not a popular theory by the way but this is i've <laughs> always i've always suspected that and i've never been able to like find the like you know the evidence that it's like yes he definitely did and not that he was just taking advantage of a thing and it's just so weird that like america had their big cannibal serial killer right after silence of the lambs was like a hit it's like uh, okay i buy into this theory jack you're blowing my mind but i buy into it because police will if they think you did it they'll especially if you're a person who has any kind of like learning disability or mental disability or or if you're like an addict who's currently in the throes of your addiction, like they lean on you in such a way that you'll confess to, you know, yeah. whatever it is they're talking about. And especially at that point, if you already know you're screwed, like you might as well go out with a bang. Like, yeah, right. I'm the person who eats people. Don't fuck with me when I get to prison. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, which, we'll take a bite out of you. Yeah. And, and, sense. and Elon Musk came up right around the same time as Tony Stark. Like he was just somebody who was very successful in business. Like, you know, Despite what their revisionist biographies will tell you, the only skill of almost any big CEO that becomes a billionaire is that they take advantage of their advantages and they Mm -hmm. find a weakness in the system and exploit it repeatedly until they have more money than the system intended them to have. Like when you look back and like to a person, go person by person. It's just finding a weakness, exploiting it over and over and over again until you have way, way, way too much money. And then they write these stories where it's all about like, well, I had this vision and, you know, I did it all by myself. And it's actually like, no, you were just like in the right place at the right time around the right people, got very lucky. Took advantage of your work or stepped all over people and bam, billion. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, having this public persona that everybody really fucks with and like that, you know, Iron Man is inadvertently doing your PR work for you. It's it's also happening like it kind of ties back to the polling thing because it's happening at a time when we still believe that like a technocrat could save us, that like this we, we could just keep getting better technology and answer you know, all of these challenges that we had, even though like all of the information we had coming in that was reliable was like, no, the world is ending. You guys, there's <laughs> we have a climate disaster and like the most powerful people in the world are unwilling to admit it. But so what we, you're saying is Avatar was right and Marvel was wrong. We picked the I, wrong. <laughs> I am kind of saying that I, did, I didn't want to come out and say it, Joel, because I know you would be pissed, but <laughs> All right, real quick. Wait, let's let's give the people something that they could be watching. Yes, that is not Twitter. That like Wendell and Wild is yes. a movie that is from the artist who made Nightmare Before Christmas, and then had Tim Burton like slap his name on it. But uh, Henry Selick created that. He created Coraline, which is like a classic stop motion animation like visual extravaganza his latest movie is a collaboration with jordan peele it is 
supposed to be just like incredible, like one of the most visually like stunning movies in years, which is like what happens every time this person releases a movie. And Netflix is just like not even telling people it exists. They're not like promoting it. It's pretty wild. That opened up another wild conversation that we can definitely get into the idea of what is being and what isn't being promoted. And I have to say that it comes much more down to the algorithm and not as much like money and and intent to promote. So I have a lot of friends who work in PR and this is like a very frustrating line for them. They're like, we work our asses off trying to promote these films and get in front of your eyes, but because we become such disparate groups, because there are so many spaces where you can just opt out of ads, you're not frequently, and, and because less people are commuting to work now than ever, although a lot have returned, the spaces where you're used to seeing ads are no longer being tapped into and so a lot of people are missing it i've seen this promoted here and there and because it's a netflix movie and because netflix is currently in the throes of figuring out like what is their next move they're struggling to you know they don't have the funds they might once have had to go full tilt even disney has had a bunch of properties come out this year and the only thing they leaned into in a crazy way is black panther where they were essentially like if it's a product we'll put black panther on it we do Mm -hmm. not care at this point this is the movie that is going to save our bottom line and so that's what we're seeing across pr but pr aside i'll come here and promote this movie in case it hasn't crossed your timeline yet henry Selleck, as jack just mentioned is a genius director he did the nightmare before christmas and Coraline, and he did it with major studios that have you know their bottom line and their own specific desires. There's a reason you put Tim Burton on Nightmare Before Christmas, right? As you know, he's coming off of the success of Beetlejuice and some of his other films, uh, Edward Scissorhands and stuff like that. It was an aim to bring in, you know, more teenage viewers because this was one of the first movies Disney did that wasn't strictly aimed at children. And it comes post their 1980s very dark phase. Then they have the Little Mermaid come out and they're like very shiny and they weren't sure how it was going to track. Their dark days, if you know anything about Disney in the late 70s, early 80s, it was a real problem for them. The studio almost collapsed until the Little Mermaid came out. And because of that, Henry Selleck is constantly being lost. Lost! Even though he's one of the greatest our like country has ever produced as far as visual creators, it costs a lot, a lot, a lot of money to make stop motion. So he goes to Jordan Peele with Wendell and Wild, and he created, uh, in partnership with Monkey Paw Studio, the film follows the story of Kat, played by Lyric Ross, who has become hardened by the school-to-prison pipeline. After her parents die in a car crash, Kat blames herself. As she ages, she becomes increasingly angry. As an orphan, she's passed around between foster homes and detention centers until she lands back in her hometown and all-girls boarding school. School here sucks. The once thriving town now resembles an abandoned factory town. Both families have left, and the ones that stayed either hoarded their wealth or are trying like heck to prevent what to preserve what little community is left. Mm. Eventually, Kat begins to find her people, Raul, Sam Zalea, a trans boy eager to express himself while stuck in a school for girls, and Miss Heller, played by Angela Bassett, a nun who is secretly a demon hunter. When Kat discovers a way Hell to bring yeah. her parents back, she calls As two- most nuns are. I think we can all agree. Most Fuck nuns. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so when Kat discovers a way to bring her parents back, she calls two demons, Wendell and Wilde, Keegan-Michael Key, and Jordan Peele from the 
underworld and calamity ensues. Demons run amok. Cat remains closed off from the community that's eager to help her. And two evil parents conspire to close the boarding school and turn the surrounding lands into a prison. Selig's return to animation okay. is long overdue. Despite creating two of the most popular children's films in the past 20 years, no studio is willing to bankroll and cost his next stop motion picture. And while Wendell and Wild lacks the whimsy and lightness of his previous endeavors, it also pushes the boundaries of what children's films are willing to discuss with kids. Trans rights and denial of gender affirmation, the depressions and isolation of children lost in the system, and the strength it takes to stand up to one's elders are all under spray, all on display under Selleck and Peel's pens. On top of that, the animation is flawless. At times I forgot I was watching stop motion. The movement was super fluid. The underworld is a blaze of dazzling green and twirly amusement park rides, and Rule's art piece is inspiring. However, the film does run long at 102 minutes, and while the messages are important, there are so many characters and subplots, it's challenging to keep everything straight. As much as I love moments in the film, I didn't feel the whole thing came together. But I'm glad Selick and Peel teamed up, and I'm hoping to see more out of the pair in the future. Selick is eager to craft more of his masterpieces, and it would be great if he weren't begging or creatively stifled as he continued his career. You can watch Wendell and Wild on Netflix right now. Come for the beautiful animation. Stay for the extraordinary vocal performances. Damn. <laughs> Joel, one, one, of our, one of our great film critics, and uh, <laughs> we're, we're lucky to have had a actual piece of film criticism from you i hope to do more oh i should yeah. mention this film did premiere at tiff a yeah. while ago it's beautiful if you get a chance i know it was screening on it was doing a couple of screenings i think they're doing a couple more special screenings if you get a chance see it on the big screen it is truly truly beautiful and i think that you know having had this run with monkey paw knowing that they're trying to do more films like this you know i think it takes a lot of guts to make a film with an unlikable character or it might be better to say cat is uninterested in being liked you know mm. i liked her a lot because she's a badass black girl who's not taking anyone's shit and is really on a mission to sort of liberate herself from the confines she's been left in but i also think you know i hope that getting to do this again and, and having money and, and more time He'll be able to craft something a little bit tidier to what we're used to seeing and, and all these great pieces. So, so it looks great. I'm glad he had this opportunity to tell this story. Yeah. And it's in collaborate. Like, like you mentioned, Jordan Peele, like, co-wrote it. So, mm -hmm. like, that, Jordan Peele is one of the only people who can open a movie, like, just by working behind the scenes on a movie, you know? I mean, obviously, yeah, yeah. it's not a Jordan Peele-directed, like, movie that that like everybody's going to turn out to but you would think that they would kind of lean into that but i i do think like disney what disney did with tim burton and nightmare before christmas kind of fucked up anyone's ability to do that on a henry Selick movie i think now he's like this shit is all me baby <laughs> yeah as it should be as it should yeah. be he deserved all the for so many people are like oh yeah you know tim burton directed that he didn't it's presented by him. He was a producer. He gave many a note. He drew a lot of the characters and then somebody else sculpted. But let's be real. There's a lot of, and, and especially if you're going to do a stop motion picture, there's going to be so many hands involved creatively. Like, I think it's just always important to recognize the directors who do what to me seems an impossible. To, I don't know if you guys have ever seen stop motion in action. It is so tedious. It is such a difficult task. Yeah. The other cool thing about the movie is you get to see Keegan Michael Key and Jordan Peele do their Key and Peele shtick a lot. The demons look like some of the uh, Fear You 
there was an airplane sketch they did with where they had these strange beards. Those are on the characters at one point. You get a very, if you've seen their football sketches where they call each other like weird names and they're yeah. like just being doofy, like it's yeah. a lot of that energy. So their scenes are a lot of fun too. Yeah. And it's cool that it's on the theme of like the school to prison, like pipeline. Hell yeah. And, you know, trans Hell. rights and yeah, yeah. I'm sold. That's yeah. great. And it's like all spooky paranormal themed also. Mm-hmm. So it's very punk rock. Whereas the other films are like, again, super into like the whimsy and, and sort of, you know, Neil Gaiman's like fairy tale centered and the nightmare before Christmas is all about lore. This is just very much like my dad was into punk rock. And so am I, I have a giant boom box and spiked boots and bright green hair. Oh. Fuck with me if you dare kind of energy. It's very 13. I think if I was a 13 year old, I might have more appreciation for this film. That's who it was made for anyhow. Yeah. And yeah. then I spoke to a woman whose parents died when she was young. And she found a lot of semblance in the movie. Uh, she connected a lot with the main character and felt, you know, it described her rage and anger post their deaths really well so a lot of people get a lot of different things out of the movie which i think you know is typically really hard to do so definitely watch yeah. it i give it a solid b plus is, is it pg-13 yeah okay pg-13 mm-hmm. so yeah I, i'll what, probably not have a chance to may, maybe i will have a chance to watch it but my i would say the pg-13 is not for violence at all and i didn't think the demons are particularly frightening and they're not like devilish or gory at all i think mm-hmm. it really comes down to subject matter yeah maybe some language if i remember correctly yeah i think uh you know it, my four-year-old's probably not ready for it but it would be hard to give a four-year-old's attention <laughs> on this film to be honest i had to watch it twice before i felt i fully understood all of the things that were happening in it yeah although selick said that he was like a- after Coraline wasn't like the movie that he necessarily or, or like, you know, it was a hit, but it wasn't like a huge hit. And it was, you know, as you mentioned, so challenging to make. He wasn't sure he was going to make another movie. And then key, the the show Key and Peele was like just creating at such an amazing level that he said it inspired him to start working again and like that's, that's i hadn't read that that's yeah, so that beautiful cool? oh i love I think, a full circle moment i think kim peel is like I've, I've always said i think jordan peel's work as a comedic actor is underrated like a you know For sure. before he made films i was like that's my favorite comedic actor like his performances are just so subtle and like yeah, they're big it's like it's also not like oh you, well you'll, it's comedy you'll you have to it. go big but yeah but some of mi- his choices are i think to your point in, amongst those big actions you'll see him yeah. do small things that you're like what is happening there that's weird and it's an interesting like character which i think sometimes gets lost in comedy which is all about the punchline but yeah. he really he, he talks to you about how he builds horror around a joke setup yeah to reveal a punchline which if you've seen you know uh nope you totally get when you're watching it because the whole thing is stringing you along until that final moment where you're like oh my god and it's almost funny it's yeah. comical in in a more yeah. of a like nebulous universal way it's wild yeah he's extremely talented it's so good and yeah i i think key and peel like it I, I think it'll last. Like people will still be talking about it years. It holds up. If you go back sure. and watch, if you haven't seen it in a while, it's a good rewatch. So good. Well, Carmen, as always, truly a pleasure having you 
on the daily zeitgeist. Uh, where can people find you, follow you, all that good stuff? Well, my Instagram, that's my only social I have that you can find me at where in the world is underscore Carmen, or you can follow the podcast Beauty Translated Pod also on Instagram. And the whole season one of Beauty Translated Podcast is out now. So go and Ah! listen to it. We're working on a season two. It's super good. Carmen has so many great guests and they're so vulnerable and sharing their stories. And it just, ugh. It's so good. I love this podcast. Thank it's you. so good. Thank you so much. Is there a tweet or something on Instagram? We're, <laughs> we're going to have to change this part. We're going to have to. Right? I know, oh, no. right? Is there any work of social media that you've been enjoying? Oh <laughs> um, I saw this. The Onion posted this on Instagram, like on Instagram right before I hopped in here. And it's a headline that says centrist advocates moderate approach to genocide. <laughs> and I thought that, that was perfect. I screenshotted that and I was like, well, that's going to be my tweet. So there you go. Mm, that's good. <laughs> yeah. Joel, where can people Yo. find you? What is a tweet you've been enjoying? Or Y'all have find me doing some of my best work at Comic-Con Metapod. There's a little asterisk between Meta and Pod. You do have to type it in to find it on IG. Or you could just come to any of my social pages. There will be a link there. We've had such good conversations this year, guys. Uh, I talked to Giancarlo Esposito and made him cry. I spoke to Jessica Gao about how she pitched She-Hulk. We talked to Cody Ziegler, who wrote the Daredevil episode of She-Hulk. And he broke down how he got that episode by bringing in a Daredevil comic randomly to a writer's room and they were like, oh, well, you have all the facts, so you're writing that episode. Uh, And my co-host Hector Navarro and I, who Hector's like a encyclopedia of nerd stuff. He's really been helping me break down all the nerd news. So we have really great episodes coming up this Wednesday. So tomorrow for you guys, we have Kevin Kiner, the only composer who's composed more Star Wars music than John Williams. Uh, He just did the new Tales of the Jedi series and the music is so good, y'all. So he breaks it down for us. So please, please come check out Comic-Con Metapod. It is my love. Uh, you can also find me all over the internet at Joel Monique. It's J-O-E-L-L-E-M-O-N-I-Q-U-E. I've really been appreciating the tweets that have been dunking on oh, Champagne Poppy uh, after his redonkulous album dropped and he decided he was going to put Megan Thee Stallion's name in his mouth as well mm-hmm. as Serena's husband. Uh, my favorite one was, I know this NBA wife is not calling anybody a groupie, followed by many, many pictures of Drake with many, many basketball stars. The Delightful. Keep that energy coming. Uh, from at It's the Brandy tweeted, I opened a delivery app because I wanted beer and then I got excited by the dining options and then got sad because I realized my address was still the bar in Brooklyn I did trivia at. Been there. Brandy, it's brutal. You're like, oh, all this looks so good. That's not the address I'm currently at. None of that food will come to me. And then Jacob Hall at Jacob S. Hall tweeted, have to admire that the weird stores have taken over the mall. The RC vehicle specialty shop, the unofficial Lego store knockoff, the horror memorabilia store, the place that was all wrestling shit, the vast empty store that was just dozens of coin-operated baby rides. Have been in a mall lately? It's very strange. It is a weird experience filled with like rundown Sears and then a way too many coin operated like either rides or massage chairs i don't know what's happening to america's malls but we need to bring them back mm. yeah what malls, you got jack malls are niche these days <laughs> for sure 
You can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. Uh, tweet, I've been enjoying Bill Nye, though. And then it's uh, parody in parentheses on Twitter because you, you have to make Gotta that put clear. That parody. Uh, mm-hmm. You actually don't have to make it clear. The only person who minds if you parody them is Elon Musk. Elon Musk. <laughs> but Bill Nye, though, said, uh, damn, how much daylight they trying to save. It's dark as hell. <laughs> <laughs> that is yeah we i we didn't address it yet but that it's daylight the it's dark as hell it, it's, it's dark, dark as hell. hell and i thought i i stopped paying attention to the story when the senate senate passed unanimously legislation to do away with the change but then the house who we're about to be hearing a lot more bad news from uh if if pollsters are right which they probably aren't <laughs> but the house has yet to find consensus because please do it house i'm tired i don't oh. ever have to switch a clock again or adjust my dog doesn't like it like it's too much it's overkill. we just need one time of day the, okay the, lights are going to be on anyway yes. the yet to find consensus quote is from representative frank pallone jr chairman of the house energy and commerce committee if you oh. i don't know if you could find I'm a more cursed frank. committee than house energy <laughs> and commerce the things that are killing us all anyway you can find us on twitter at daily zeitgeist we're at the daily zeitgeist on instagram we have a facebook fan page and a website daily zeitgeist.com where we post our episodes and our footnotes footnotes where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode as well as a song that we think you might enjoy super producer justin smith do you have a song that you would like people to check out with miles out today i do uh considering it is a rainy gray day in uh la this song in honor of miles yes yes in honor of miles uh this day or this song is really really relaxing but it fits the vibe so well this is a group called lapalux uh featuring talvi this song sounds like if the sci-fi channel acquired some cinemax ip and started doing like softcore sci-fi this is (laughs) it's a very like sexy wavy song there's a lot of interesting sound effects going on and it's it's gonna get you excited i i I promise you so uh yeah yeah so uh this song is Forever, uh, spelled the old instant messenger way, one word, the number four, E-V-A, uh, Lapalux and Talvi, and you can find this song in the footnotes. Footnotes. Uh, the Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That is going to do it for us this morning. Back this afternoon to tell you what is trending, and we'll talk to you all then. Bye. Bye. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. 
I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Guys, customer service is essential to your business success. And for faster, smarter customer experience, you can turbocharge your CX results with CX1, the world's most complete customer experience platform from NICE. It's never been easier for organizations of all sizes around the globe to create extraordinary customer experiences. With the scalability and flexibility of the cloud, you can power up your business goals like never before. So don't get left behind. Find out more today at nice.com. That's nice.com.